this is Whitney. And this is Hysterical Hysterical Women. Women. The podcast that no one asks for about our thoughts about gender in our society. Each week we're going to dissect events macro and micro to determine if we think this week was a win or a loss for feminism. feminism. (laughs) Here, still in Vermont, well, undisclosed, whatever, Um, (laughs) with our incredible guest and castmate. Is it a cat? Well, it's a cast. Improv. Troop mate. Our improv troop mate. (laughs) A troop mate. Teammate. Teammate. It's sports. Um, Sydney Battle. The one and only. uh, Sydney, I don't know if I told you this, but you've actually been quoted on our podcast. Quoted on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I. Oh, God. Well, misquoted, if we're being. (laughs) Did you have. Did you have the recall to perfectly okay. quote it? No, but I do remember I was like, this is kind of the gist of what Sydney said, which I thought was very poignant. Poignant. What did say? Um, it was when we were talking with the media team and talking about um, the difference. We were talking that week on the podcast about the difference between diversity and inclusion. Oh. And I was like, Sydney said something that was very like, smart and articulate and put it in a way that it like just summated it all very well mm-hmm. and I was like maybe she'll come on our podcast yeah so we um <laughs> and here you are well I it's okay because I think I stole that from a tweet so. <laughs> <laughs> and everything is derivative and that's it yeah, thanks so everyone we're all stealing from somebody from somebody some more than others <laughs> <laughs> but we do a tribute um Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We want to know about you. <laughs> so we want to know, I mean, we want to know whatever you want to tell us, but we want to know how oh. you, how <laughs> You're you... like, that's too, that's too, well, too much on me. I feel like to a young woman with trust issues, it's like, um, nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> which, is fair, which is fair, and then this can just be silent, and that's... Yeah, we'll just sit here for a while. Sit here in the silence. <laughs> no, but I can be prompted to share. For okay. sure, for sure. Yeah, we just want to know, like, how you got your start in comedy. And mm. the th- did you start in theater? You do acting and comedy, right? Yeah, I didn't learn until um, the last couple of years that there's a distinction. I know. <laughs> I feel like our industry really likes to be like, no, it's just one. But I do think that there are a lot of comedians that can't act. And a lot of actors that aren't funny. Yes. I would say that's true. Um, and now I think we'll they name rarely them. know it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think yeah. they rarely know it. I've always been, like, my biggest fear is that I'll think that I can do something. And then everyone, like, the movie Francis Ha is a horror film to me. <laughs> I cannot imagine what it's like to be, like, very mediocre at what you love to do. And have everyone around you just sort of be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, that is my worst nightmare. That scene where they're like, do a dance, do a little dance. And she like does one and they're like, huh. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh. So Aww. painful. So but painful. Cheers to Greta Gerwig for, for owning that. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, mega talented, multi-hyphenate Greta Gerwig. Um, I... I I guess I studied theater in college. Yes, I literally did. It was I had a double major. <laughs> it was one of my majors. We can pull up the transcript. It says theater. Please don't shame me like that. Uh, I'll come clean about it. That was one of my majors. Uh, but I was not, like, the darling of the theater department. I don't think I... I think I got cast in one show, and I was, like, very much so in the background. 
I had five lines, I think. And I was supposed to be a woman in Russia who was um, freezing to death in her room. And so <laughs> they, <laughs> they um, layered me and like, truly I could you not, eight layers of like historic Russian clothing and then gave me this like long, long braid that came around and I had like the kerchief tied under my chin. And um, yeah, I just had to lay in a bed. And my... <laughs> in your eight layers of Russian clothing? Yes. You're sweating, but yeah. you're like, but pretend I'm freezing. And I'm like, oh, but this is Katya's big moment. Um, and then my boyfriend, who is the star of the play, now my real life boyfriend. The play. Yes, my play boyfriend. Um, he came back and was basically like, I don't have time for you. I'm doing so much and I have so much to do. And I was like, well, I'm cold. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Where in um, the timeline of the play are you? Are you dying like at the beginning or kind of like... Um, is yeah, your death kind like of like towards him? It's, I think it's before. No, he literally doesn't give a shit <laughs> or the possibility of it because there's never confirmation that I die. But it was like the director was like, uh, "She's pretty cold at this point." Yeah, I mean she probably dies because <laughs> he comes back and he doesn't do anything. So, you know, play with that. And I was like, my lines are like, "Why are you working so hard?" <laughs> When will you be back? <laughs> Literally all questions that go unanswered for the yeah. rest. Um, they did have me back in a later scene where I, but it was a masquerade party. So, you know, I just, I literally just walked across oh the my, stage what is this in a hey, different dress. Yeah, what is this? Tom Stoppard's Utopia. Okay, okay. okay. Um, on my resume, please, all the casting directors of the world, don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> they, and they don't, and they don't. <laughs> I'm an understudy for one of the leads. <laughs> I think I did enough work to this. You did, you did, Absolutely. you did. But, um, if one had fallen, they would have called on you. You know what I mean? And I would have thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's actually as hellish as that one experience was, I think back on it, because the director, who is a man named Richard Palmer, he, when I auditioned, it was going through rehearsals, I remember he was like, sink into your voice. And I was like, what? And he was like, sink into your voice, like your natural voice. And I was like, this is my natural voice. I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, no. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, my, I guess I don't have to pitch my voice up here. And maybe my real voice is like more down here. Wow. And I'd been more, I'd been so self-conscious about it my whole life. Wow. Because, um, yeah, I've had vocal fold nodules since I was four. So I've just always had a deeper voice. And growing up, I'd be like, hey, everyone, how's everyone doing? Like, so happy to be here. Like, always pitching my voice up, always making it really high. Another part of my assimilation into mm -hmm. the very yeah. white culture of Northern Virginia. Yeah. And then finally in college, this guy was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, Rich. He, he's like, right? I can see through your voice. And it wants to be down here. Yeah, and I remember like thinking, this is so hard for me. Because he, I'd do a line, he'd be like, no. <laughs> oh my God. So finally I'd be like, I'm cold. And he was like, there it is. He's like, that's it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I guess I talk like this now. But it's funny because like, 
I think my voice is one of the things I get like a lot of comments on, a lot of compliments about usually, and so I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for him for. <laughs> Thank you for turning me into a sex symbol, Richard Palmer. <laughs> In the intro, we meant to say we have sex yes. symbol Sydney Battle Vocal here. Sex symbol Sydney Battle. Well, but it's so much more grounded and like. It sounds like you're not, like, having to pitch... I mean, like, I do weird things with my voice, too, where I'm just like, and I'm on the phone, so I'm palatable <laughs> for for men, but it's just like... It's so funny, because I, I think I sink deeper into my voice when I'm on the phone. Oh, interesting. It's a good flex. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I've been told that it makes me sound like I'm a phone sex line. <laughs> I think I'm you like, should... okay, uh, I'm just talking, but all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a great voice, and our listeners don't know that we did karaoke last night. You also have a great singing voice. Great singing voice. So. And great um command of mm. the space. Not everyone can command a, a kind of weird dining-esque <laughs> room in Vermont. I'm going to be honest with you. I was very sweaty, and I realized almost after the first verse of every song I sang, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd just be trying to like psych myself into it. Thank you about um, the singing thing. It's funny because I think what it comes from for me is like I'm someone who can sing when I'm not a singer at all. And I think it might be because I'm pretty good at imitating voices. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I sort of like trick myself into being like, oh, this is how it's supposed to sound. Let me get as close to that as possible. It's funny because I think that's actually just singing. Singing. (laughs) Is it? No. Um, You also are great though with like characters and accents and stuff thank you yeah thank you uh i got kicked out of a, a music i've been kicked out of two music <laughs> <laughs> huh yeah a bad uh, boy for- musicals sydney battle <laughs> <laughs> bad boy <laughs> uh, yeah for for uh singing related things or just well no <laughs> we don't have to get into it you know, but i also like if you want to i would like we would love, love to, to know like the stories are just gonna be so much lamer than you want them to be like in high school i grew up in like my parents weren't that catholic but my extended family is very catholic and one i was gonna miss one of the performances because of my cousin's first holy communion mm. congrats and congrats to them still <laughs> cameron congrats on that communion <laughs> happened how old are you how old am i oh maybe eight years ago this happened um wait that's not right <laughs> that- <laughs> it might even be 10 years ago 10 years ago and i told the director because i was truly just an extra I think I had one line, and they it was, like, not even sung. That. They love to yeah. do that in high school. They're just like, and we're going to fill the back line. It's, like, going to be, like, four people deep. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to be there, and we're going to exactly. do, like, a, two, a two-step. <laughs> and your parents are going to pay to come see this. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, and my dad's going to fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But... Yeah, no, I, I was not important at all. Like, I didn't bring anything on stage. Like, truly nothing. So I told him, I was like, I'm sorry, this is very last minute, but I think I might have to miss one performance. But Kelly said that she can do my line, and like, I think he was like, well, that simply will not do. So, I'm sorry, but you will be out of the music hall. <laughs> I was like, there are like ten performances on this show, I'm going to miss one. And he was like, I'm very sorry, but that's how it is. And so I was upset at first, and then I was like, 
You know what? I'm actually very grateful because then I got to see the play. From... Well, I didn't go see it. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I watched rehearsals and I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Yeah, you're like, this is not my make or break moment. Really? <laughs> um, I mean, that one line, I forget what it was even, but it could have really made it. Could have really made it. Okay, wait, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a survey. If you don't feel like you're far enough from your high school and college experiences you don't have to answer but i'm curious Nora, you can chime in too were the darlings of your high school or college theater programs are they still pursuing acting for high school most of them are not uh, some of them have done that thing that I think is very, very cool where they find a different part of the theater that they enjoy. Oh, yeah. Like they become lighting designers mm -hmm. where they get really into sound, which I think is really awesome. Uh, college, no. <laughs> like, it's actually very funny. One of my best friends from college, he was a neuroscience major and um, he was on my improv team in college. And he was like very much of the darling of the department, but like does not want to do it with his life. Got his master's in neuroscience. Damn. Like, does that. That's so cool. Does improv on the side, but. Yeah, I'd say, should I do that? Yeah, because I, I studied neuroscience too, so it could have been. Did you really know? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But maybe I didn't know that. Oh my god, Nora. But maybe. <laughs> that, is he happy? <laughs> I mean, look in my eyes. Is he happy? I think he's very happy. Okay, well, he I loves what he does. Nora, do you want do you want his number? Yeah, I just want to hear like what's what's up. <laughs> Aiden, someone's gonna be calling you. And soon. just and if she's crying, it's just still pick up the phone still and just answer up. her question. Wait, what about your theater program? High school? No, no, not really. No, and then college. Also, not. I mean, some people are doing. Uh, there's like a lot of playwrights. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is really oh. cool. Um, and there, de there definitely are some darlings of the theater, but like not, like the most, not the most darling darlings, but like the people yeah. who should have been the darlings are still doing it. Yeah. Um. Shh, Nora. So my sorry. God. I had it. Sorry. Do not disturb is a thing. Can I'm we talk so about it? Sorry, I'm John. so sorry. Yeah, it's actually so rude. It's a Whitney, producer. Control your husband. <laughs> I'm trying. Control your husband. What I was actually thinking of is the theater, te the self righteous theater directors and teachers oh who would come in and be like, the stakes have never been higher for this production of Bye Bye Birdie. And it's like, no, they ha they have. And they're like, it's, did you guys have Hell Week? Yeah, like Tech Hell Week, week kind of? Yes. Hell week. My was... director hated me. My theater teacher and director, he hated me. This was me. college? This was in high school. Okay. But he couldn't openly show that he didn't dislike me that or that he didn't like me because, um... I like to consider myself a talented person. Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, think we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have you on this podcast if you weren't. I'm going to be humble and say that I think I might be talented. <laughs> um, but no, he did not like me at all. Could not show that. Uh, and so he would just do it very subtly. Like, I would give, in my opinion, like a great audition. He'd be like, thank you. And then like cast me a part that had like two lines and I'd be like okay cool or he'd like say things during class hmm. and um I just got used to it and it was kind of the same in college not as 
much animosity, but like is a very white and white passing department. Like I only had one black professor in our theater department. She was great. I really enjoyed her, but most of those professors, like I just was not on their radar. Mm -hmm. They did not care. Also, like every play that Vassar did was like very white. Yeah. It was like Shakespeare or Shakespeare adjacent or like Carol Churchill, who I love, but it's still just like these are these are some very white people and yeah. you know, the American theater. The American theater. <laughs> <laughs> I would love though at some point to do some sort of cross section cuz I also felt it was more my choir teacher that like had a lot of animosity in me and I think that and then also my college professors didn't care about me at all. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people who were like successful after college who weren't liked by their teachers. Yeah, it gives you a little spite fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also it's like if you made it through the program with no one there believing in you, it's because you really want it and like you have thick skin. And so then when you get or like I saw a lot of like some some of the people who were the darlings of my graduating class, mm -hmm. um, like really couldn't handle rejection after and and oh. just couldn't keep going it's honey like, that's all i know i yeah. know <laughs> that's my bread and butter baby you know what i mean but, yeah. i mean your program sounds more intense than mine mine was like very much so i feel like more laissez-faire it was it, i actually was on my walk today i was like I was thinking about how last night we were doing karaoke and I was like, my, I had this moment where like my voice cracked and I was like, oh, I don't care. And I was like, that is huge for me because really? I feel like in college it was like, you just like, like it was like all or nothing. And maybe that was just my experience in it and feeling, cause I very much felt like an underdog. And Classic so. Pisces. Okay. <laughs> we love that. We're like, yes, I'm the victim and I will overcome and show them all. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> but I felt like because I didn't really do theater before college, mm. I was just like, I don't. And I didn't get into the program the first year I auditioned. Oh, no. So I felt like I had like. You had to audition myself. for your program. Yeah. Yeah, no, mine was like open. It was yeah, like, they were like, anyone come, come in. <laughs> anyone if you want. And that's how theater should be. Yeah, truly. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, what was the um, like transition after college? Mm -hmm. Did you, were you doing improv in college also? Like, when did improv and comedy come into your life? And yeah. you just, did you do stand up as well? I do, yeah. Uh, I. Did did some comedy in high school, but not really. It's like, you know, no, I won't even say that I did. Like, I do, like, improv exercises in class, and I always enjoyed those, but I never really took it that seriously. Um, and then in college, my sophomore year, my friend wanted to audition for this big improv group on campus. Um, and I think they were, like... I don't know. There are three improv groups on campus, and this one was, like, the oldest one. And I told she was very nervous. So I was like, hey, I'll go to the audition with you. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll just go. I'll have fun. Who cares? Oh, no. And, yeah, we get into that audition. And I got a call back, <laughs> and she did not. Of course. And that caused a tiny rip in our friendship. And, cause I but I told her, I was like, look, I don't know what happened. It was a fluke. I Like, this is not going to happen. I'm going to the callback, but I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, who cares? Um, and then I ended up getting in. Um, 
If anyone is listening, never bring your friend to an audition because Truly. then you will be the girl who doesn't get it and your friend will be the one who but does. But also, like, those friends are so important. Like, Adrian Frimpong, who is also here, our, our teammate. Um, uh, with, troopmate? Troop Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what is, is that? Is our, 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 in our circus club that we have here. Um, <laughs> circus club. <laughs> but he was saying that his friend, like, told, I don't know, the, the friends that encourage, like, it really is beautiful, even though... Are you still friends with this person, or is she mad? She's mad. Um, she's not. I mean, I don't want to tell her story for her, but she did end up having to transfer out of school because um, she had to take some time. Um, The school wasn't a very like healthy environment for her, and then she went on to go to a different school and she did very well. Hell yeah! Has an art degree and is doing great things. Amazing. Yeah, but um, that (laughs) that was hard. Yeah. (laughs) I was also, like, very shocked because I was like, I can't believe this is something that like, people think I'm good at and seemingly comes to me, like, pretty naturally. And, yeah, I, I loved it a lot. I learned a lot in that group. Unfortunately, I also endured a lot in that group, um, especially towards the end. There was a lot of massage noir. I was the only black person in the group, the only person of color at all. And, um, you know, it's, I think in the 30, now it's longer than 30 years, but my senior year there, the group had been around 30 years. And in those 30 years, I think there had only been three black people. And all three of those were women. And um, there might have been one black man, but I don't remember. Yeah, so it was a very, very white environment. you know, a lot of those groups are based on tradition and, like, these weird rituals and, like, some of the rituals are racist and I'd have to be like, hey, <laughs> that's not okay. Um, yeah, and then, you know, our senior year when I was one of the leaders of the group just truly <laughs> kind of went through mental hell doing it. And so it was hard because this thing that I loved so much and had given me so much was, like, draining everything out of me. And then after college, uh, I moved to New York and I was like, I'm going to be an actor, which was always the plan. That's why I went to school in Virginia because in-state to it, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't have to pay a quarter of a million dollars to go to college. Um, yeah, and I got there and I remember I saw this audition notice, uh, that was like specifically asking for someone to play a 17 year old girl they said must have indigenous ancestry but is in quotes mulatto looking and i was like oh my god i literally described myself as a tragic mulatto <laughs> like i have indigenous ancestry on both sides of like this audition is made for me so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna sit all day possibly to maybe get seen because like that's the process of being a non-equity actor mm-hmm. in new york you just sit for hours and hours and hours for the slight chance that you might the be The EPA, EPA? EPAs, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're awful. And I had been to, like, several before then. It was just, I don't think I'd ever been seen. Yeah. And had sat there for, like, nine hours sometimes. Um, they're, and, like, so... They're so crazy. And you're, like, in your head, and you're, like, looking at all these people who also, like, aren't gonna get seen, but, but you're, like... pretending like, like they are. And they so see crazy. their friends across the room, like, Oh, my God! Hey! <laughs> yes. All, if anyone listening to this is not heard of an EPA these are auditions from the union and you have to be in the union to audition 
but you can't get in the union unless you get in a union show, which means you would have had to audition. It's like this horrible catch-22. And it's so, awful. and yeah, you, you end up, if you're not a, a member yet, just waking up sometimes at like 5 a.m. to sit around all Truly, day. Yeah, you have to get there at 5 a.m. You have to get there at 5 a.m. Yeah. so that they can let you in at like, what? They like seven? open the doors at 6 or 7. Yeah. And then you sign your name and then you sit and wait. And they like sometimes tell you at some, like sometimes you'll wait till noon and then they're like, they're just not going to see you today. But other times you'll literally wait till like 5 and then they'll be like, yeah, no, we're not. Or sometimes I'll be like, we're not going to see you. And then you still wait because there's this late yeah. channel. Yeah. Like, or they'll be like, we'll drop off your headshot. Or other times they'll be like, well, everyone line up and we'll tell you if we're going to... It's like true, true hell. Anyway, just want to give that context. So you see this, you wait all day. Oh, no. I go there and because it was such a specific casting call for two marginalized identities, uh, there was like nobody there. I got there so early and I think I was the second person. And by the time they were opening up in quotes like there were truly only maybe 10 of us there and there were I think maybe five equity people upstairs and that should make you realize how few indigenous people have equity cards how few black women have equity cards especially young indigenous people and young black women if you combine those identities indigenous black women yeah and so we went upstairs and yeah just truly i'd never seen an emptier audition room and i was like oh my god and i got seen within like 15 minutes and i go in i did this monologue from the laramie project and i felt really good about it and then i got the callback and i had to go to like three callbacks and it was so nerve-wracking and i remember this play like wasn't even in New York, it was in New Jersey, but it was in at like a very reputable theater in New Jersey. The play was called Indian Head by Nicole Salter, who is an amazing playwright and actress. And yeah, that kind of changed everything for me. Like I got booked and I was like, oh my God, I get to originate this role. Like That's so exciting. Amazing. And that was my, I think I booked it in November after moving to New York in September. That's and so amazing. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it seems so promising. And then I went to audition for grad schools and that sort of demoralized me <laughs> when I didn't get in after like going through the callback rounds and stuff. Wait, so you did this play in New Jersey? Yes. And it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. It was about um, how our country uses indigenous iconography, uses indigenous people's identities as mascots. And mm. so it was about this teenage girl. Actually, that play like filled me. I was already pretty mad about everything, you know, but like it just truly filled me with so much rage. I grew up in the D.C. area. Like I grew up with the Washington football team. I, It's disgusting to me. And yeah, that play was like a teenage girl who was like, this is messed up and I'm going to keep talking about how messed up it is. And yeah, just a really beautiful play. And there were only four cast members. Cool. And so it was very small. And um, yeah, that was wonderful. But after I didn't get into grad schools, I was like, I don't know what to do. Because I had an acting teacher who told me that I needed to build a foundation and go to grad school. Mm. And she was like, well what do you love doing? And I told her, I was like, well, I really love writing and I really, really love doing comedy. And she was like, well, maybe sink into that while you wait for grad school to happen. She was like, because I see that for you. Like, I think you're very talented and 
Oh my god. Also, she was in the same NYU graduating class because she um, got her MFA at NYU as Mahershala Ali and like his friends with Sterling K. Brown and stuff. And um, so like she had graduated with these huge... Andre Holland was like in her graduating class and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool. And she was like, yeah, I see that for you. Just maybe sink into comedy. And so then I signed up for my first UCB class and... Yeah, eventually made it on to two teams. <laughs> I was like, yeah, two teams, I'm 25 years old. And I felt so good. And now UCB is dead. But you are <laughs> but still you on know. those teams. Yeah, you always have that. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, sort of the journey. There, was a, there were a couple other things in between there, you know, like another play in New York and then I started doing a reading series at the Irish Repertory Theater. Amazing. I think I was the, maybe not the first black person <laughs> that they've had there, but in a while. Yeah. The, the Irish Rep is uh, very white. They're <laughs> so friendly. Theater. I love the Irish Rep. They very much so welcomed me. It made me feel great. Yeah, they're wonderful. I think I went to an EPA there once, and I don't remember if it was like right after I joined the uni? I don't remember, but I mm -hmm. think you have to like audition on their stage. You do. Right? I went for an EPA there as well, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But now, I'm not even a, I have an EMC card, Heck and yeah. I'm like five points away. That's great. She's but what am I going to do now? The theater in New York. Like, they're and gonna, everywhere, we'll really. I'll we'll be back. back to it. Oh, sure. I, it's, not, it's not like I have a time limit on how long I have to get my points, which is also a thing. Wait, is that a thing? Yeah. You, you have, have a to, time limit? Yeah. If you What? You have five years from the time you start getting points um, to get all the points you need to join. And That's... if you don't, then you have to start over. I'm sure they'll do something with... Yeah, they, yeah, they, they did can. reduce the amount of points you need to join. Yeah. Which is nice, but I'm still not quite there yet. I bet someone will just offer it to you. If if anyone's listening <laughs> that wants to offer me a couple points, hit me up, please. Sydneybattle.com. I just bought the domain back. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let it lapse a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my question is also, like, with your background, with the the writing, the comedy, the, like, drama, all of it, like, what does that, do you, do you see yet how you want that to culminate going forward? Do you want it to collide going forward? Do you want to just keep having all these separate things? What, like, what, what do you want next? Oh, I want them all to come together. Like, that's my wildest dream. I revere um, Michaela Cole's work. I love what she does. I started watching her stuff when I was still a teenager, I think. Um, like, I loved chewing gum. I loved her acting. And, you know, I want to... Phoebe Waller-Bridge is another great example. Um, so you want to be British. <laughs> then there's like the Mindy Kalings, you know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I also want to be British. <laughs> oh my god, I went through such an, like a, a cringy Anglophile phase. And I remember my dad who, god, just like the, possibly the worst advice giver sometimes. Like, he, whenever I became obsessed with a new country, he'd be like, you know, they hate black people there. <laughs> always his advice. I'd be like, maybe I'll start learning Russian. He was like, I spent a lot of time in Russia. He was like, 
you know, they don't like black people there. That was just always, I think he's just so worried about me yeah. leaving home and traveling. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> always the same advice. You're like, I still can know the accent. Yeah, I'm like, I can still oh, want to be British. Thank yeah. you. But no, he'd be like, it's not any better over there, just so you know. And I was like, thank you, Debbie Downer. Um, <laughs> Do you want to... I want to combine the showrunner, like, oh my God, creator well, lifestyle. I think I have to work up, obviously I have to work up to that. I was speaking with um, someone that I consider to be a mentor, and she was asking me the same thing. She was like, well, like, you're writing your packet right now. What is your goal? You want to, like, get your show made, your pilot. And I was like, obviously that's, like, wildest, wildest dreams, but I know that I have a lot to learn. Like, right now I'm just trying to, like, get staffed on a show. I want to write so that I can get better. And then eventually make my ideas come true. But, you know, I'm not naive enough to be like, <laughs> yeah, my first run at this, not that it can't happen, but I'm not naive enough to be like, my first run at this, I'm definitely gonna, gonna do it all. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's Pisces energy as well. <laughs> Just sort of like, I don't know about you, but I very much so operate on like the vibes of something. Mm. And so if someone will be like, yeah, but nobody like gets that. I'll be like, okay. And then internally I'm like, but I will. But I will be the one. Oh, but for I sure. I will be the special one. <laughs> we have to have those private, those like private okay, desires Scorpio. and thoughts, right? I'm not that into astrology. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I've talked about so astrology much. more well, during our time here than in I my need entire life. Something to fixate on. I really do. Um, but yeah, no, those private little desires. I'm like, I'm special though. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the most American thing about me, that exceptionalism. Where I'm like, that's true for everyone else, but not me. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, it has happened for people. You know what I mean? It so... has happened. So I'm not saying I don't believe in myself, but I'm saying that I don't want to go through life with that as my default mentality. Or like being disappointed that you're not that. Yeah. Yeah, or just feeling that entitlement. Like, mm -hmm. but honestly, as like... <laughs> A young black woman in America, I get into this like mental struggle with myself because I'm like, well, maybe I should feel more entitlement. Like, maybe I should borrow some of that from like the white male like patriarchy in our country, and even like the white women in control of our country, and borrow some of that entitlement and borrow some of that just like righteous belief in self. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Tenacity that they can do whatever. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why don't I take some of that? I mean, that would be. I tell my therapist, I'm like, it would be really helpful if I wasn't cognizant of my mental illness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like the problem is I'm, I'm just there enough to know. <laughs> I like have a thought and I'll go, that's just really wrong. <laughs> that's deeply irrational because as she likes to say, I am a deeply irrational person who is highly analytical so the problem is like sometimes it's i'll introduce an, it's a horrible mix i'll <laughs> i'll bring up an irrational idea and then i'll be like well that's crazy sydney and then i'll go oh yeah then why do i have all this evidence <laughs> you're like you're both like the investigator and the prosecutor yeah, like you're just like <laughs> i got all this biased evidence for you what are you gonna do now it's like cry i guess like i don't know but to go back to your question, <laughs> and we're circling back. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna combine all of them. I love dark comedy. I, 
yeah, I, when I was little, I was like, I really want to win an Oscar one day. And when I go up for my speech, actually, who stole this from me? Last year, someone stole this from me and they got up and they're like, this is the best birthday present I've ever received. And I screamed. Was it Laura Dern? She won some award. And it she was might like, have been. This yes. is my birthday present. I was like, damn it. Was that your line? Yeah, that was what I was mm. going to go. Now I'll have to, I'll have to think of you something. You have to come now. up with something. Okay. Well, I see that for you. I think oh, you're very talented. Me. And without disclosing the ideas you have for your writing, they're very good. And people are going to want them. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I get into this like paralyzing fear that I, I'm sure you do as well. You're creators and you're constantly writing. You're like, I want to do this idea justice. Mm -hmm. And I worry that I won't make it all it can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, but then you have, I mean, I think that literally all the time, but then I have to be like, there'll be other people who like to collaborate, to make this like, you know, it's not just like you and one camera being like, this, the show's getting made. Like, I'm making the show. Yeah, it's it's so weird to accept that, like, you won't be alone in this yeah. mm-hmm. struggle. Especially because, like, growing up, I felt alone very often. I grew up in Northern Virginia, which is, like, diverse depending on where you are. But mm. then again, but still not very Grew up in Fairfax County, which I think is around like 70% white. And then the next one, uh, group is Asian Americans. And then, um, I think there's like an equitable amount of black and Hispanic people where I grew up, but I was often like the only black kid in my class. I was alone in a lot of things. And when I encountered situations of discrimination or, you know, people just being really ignorant and othering me. I didn't have the language to defend myself and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to put a name to my feelings, especially because like my home life was also kind of (laughs) crazy sometimes. And so it's this weird process of like getting older and wanting to give a voice to everyone who is in a similar situation, but then also like really being cognizant of the fact that like, even though I grew up as someone who was seen as like marginalized in America inside of that, I have a lot of privilege to the way that Mm -hmm. I grew up. And so it's just this constant process of education. And I know that everyone feels that way right now. Like we all, well, every person who's sane (laughs) feels this need to educate themselves. And the thing is like, that is not a, a pressure that only white people are feeling. Like, I, as a black person, am having to educate myself. I'm having to, like, strip my mind of these ideas that I absorbed when I was young. And, but the nice thing is, like, I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, there's never mm-hmm. been a time where people are collaborating more. People are sharing resources. Uh, trying to strip away the classism of education as well you know, making these resources approachable to a lot of people. Like there are, I think, a few black women, at least that I've seen on Twitter, who are like starting websites where they summarize readings from intellectuals so that people don't have to go through pages and pages Mm -hmm. and pages to try to understand something. Like people are doing a lot of work and they're coming together. Mm -hmm. And so I'm slowly learning to like, trust other people when collaborating with my ideas because I felt for so long that I was alone in this and I had to keep it to myself 
But as I get older, I think I'm opening up more. Mm. I'm admitting that I have a lot to learn. Mm. And so I'm trying to branch out and use the resources around me. That was a lot of um, word jumble that I just No, it was actually tied together. (laughs) And we got them both, thank God. (laughs) So we all understand. No, I think that that, I mean, that's exactly... In, I don't know, we're all, like, in different journeys of it, but, like, yeah, figuring out how to use the resources and grow. And grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sydney, you're a delight. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank you so much for Not ha- only on the podcast, but to the improv I house. almost just said thank you so much for having us. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast you just, Honestly. You have an energy of, like... <laughs> This is your space. and I know. I like you that. should have a radio show. What if you had a radio show? I don't think you truly grasp how <laughs> all over the place my brain is. But, like, that's what you want. When you're, when you're alone driving at night, you want something else. <laughs> oh, who's my God. Just... No, I'm a young millennial woman. You don't think I've had the idea to start a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, one, what I would talk about, two... Nora, I don't think anyone should be listening to my voice late at night driving. That's a good like, point. You have a very calming voice. I, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, and good night. I'm be like, okay, so let's talk about what happened today. And like, <laughs> yeah, meditate me. When I was a camp counselor, I'd put my children to sleep. I'd be like, do you guys want to meditate? <laughs> yeah. What age group? group? Um, ages 9 to 12. I had those eight. Yeah. Woo! They I, are tough, yeah. tough, tough. I made them lay on the ground and I'd be like, we're going to meditate. And then they'd all fall asleep for like 45 minutes. And then they were begging me to meditate. Like, <laughs> That's right. They're like, I think we're like closer to consciousness now. <laughs> I can see the beach. I can see it. I was like, That's great. Walk along the beach. Yeah. The footprints in the sea. That's my meditating board. Wow. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye. All right. That's what we have today. If you're interested in being on the Hysterical Women podcast, send us a DM and we would love to have you. We'd love to hear from you. More voices in the conversation can only be good. Thanks for listening. If you listened. If you like the pod, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Also, if you have a Mac or event that you'd like us to cover, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Hysterical Women.